0: requires cling to the.
1: Ones. Second Corinthians chapter number eight is we'll be at today. Second Corinthians chapter number eight. as we're going through the book of Corinthians, Paul's writing to the church at Corinth, uh, answering questions and also pointing out some things they need to get right and some things they should be doing, amen? And those same things apply to us today. The Bible is just as, rele- just as relevant today as it was back then, as it will be in the future. The Word of God stands forever, amen? It never changes. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and verse number 1, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit the grace of God bestowed on the church, of macedonia the grace of god here refers to the gift the gifts of tithes the gifts of money uh, a token of spiritual grace grace like it says in second corinthians chapter six and verse number one we then as workers together with him beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of god in vain so can the grace of God be in a uh, tangible gift? Well, yeah, sure it can. If you need it in your life, and that's what it takes for the ministry of the work of God, absolutely. It's a gift. And so the Bible says the grace of God bestowed on the church of Macedonia. And God, listen to me, God's heart is in the local church as just as much now as it was back then, God's heart. I'm gonna say it again, God's heart is in the local church, as messed up as we are, as many problems as we have, as things that go wrong, and when you're discouraged, you remember that, that God's heart is in the church. Amen. It most certainly is. And so he says here the grace of God, and that refers to the gifts. As They were uh, given to Paul for the work of the ministry, and I believe that we should be given today to missionaries that are alive today, that missionaries are taking the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ around the world to different places. Uh, that's what my ministry does. Even though we are here in America, you would be amazed. You would be amazed at the people that I meet, that that they may know what the cross is, they know who Jesus is, but they don't know the application of salvation to their life and how that cross actually applies to them and how the death and burial and resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ actually applies to them and their sinful life and how they can be forgiven of their sins. Most people think Jesus died on the cross to forgive sins and it's just a generic and everybody just gets it whether you want it or not. But that is the furthest thing from the truth. It is a personal, personal, personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to thank those that have gave to my ministry, our ministry here at Crossbound Ministry. And if you gave to any ministry, to the work of God, to your local church first, amen, may the grace of God be bestowed upon you. And that's what Paul is writing to him here. He is astonished by their gift. He is thankful for their gift. And he is grateful for their gift, for the work of the ministry, as I am also. And I promise you, as your pastor is, just for your your faithful tithes, uh, I promise you, he's just as thankful. Verse number 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 2. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. The Bible says that's an, an a great trial of affliction. How do you have an over an abundance of joy and a great trial of affliction? Let's just be honest. Can we, can we just be honest with one another? H- how do you have a great and abundance of joy? When you're in the middle of a great trial, the first part of that verse says how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Well, I look at it like this. I don't rejoice when bad things happen. I, I just don't. I don't rejoice when a family member gets sick or gets diagnosed or a family member loses their job or uh, if I get uh, something happens in my family or you know you lose a grandchild or a child or I mean those are hurtful hard things and you go now this is some serious trials this is serious affliction this this really hurts so deep that words cannot describe it. Have you ever felt that way? Did this hurt? This this is a hurt that is so deep. That I just don't even know how to describe it. I just know that it hurts to the core of my being. How can you have an abundance of joy in a trial like that? Well, I don't know if that's the exact kind of trial that Paul was talking about here, but we know the trials that he went through, through many uh, imprisonments and shipwrecks and beatings and, and uh, abuse and just all kinds of things. But can I dare say... Uh, How bad would it be to be whipped like a dog in the middle of a town in front of everybody? How embarrassing would that be? At that time, you may feel this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my whole life. But the Bible says that just like Jesus, when the cross was set before him, it wasn't, here's the key. It wasn't that Jesus or Paul was, was looking for the hard times, but they were looking for what that would bring. I'll say that again. Jesus wasn't just excited about dying on the cross, but he was excited what it would do when it saved somebody's soul. Amen. Absolutely. He even prayed that if God if the cup could be removed from me, but that's what God had chosen. And but he also said, Jesus said, "Not my will, but your will, be done." And you got to say that in your own life. I've got to say that in my own life as much as as it hurts, as deep as it hurts, as bad as it hurts, as much as I don't want those kind of things to happen or have to go through those things, I have to know that God is in total control. And when God is in total control, I just need to be submissive to his will. And what God is going to bring out of it is going to be something good. Even if it's something bad happens, like if a grandchild dies, well, maybe later on, That grandchild's parent will get saved. Uh, That would be something good that came out of something bad, would it not? Absolutely it would. Because the baby got a free pass. The baby went to heaven. Uh, But once you're grown, you don't get that free pass anymore. No sir, no ma'am. You know right from wrong, and God's going to judge you by that. So that would be the case where something good came out of something bad. And that's what I mean. When, when he's looking at those trials, those afflictions, if somehow, some way, you can just see what God sees or what God wants to do, ask God to reveal it to you. God, what are you doing in the midst of this hurt, pain, and suffering? What good are you going to bring out of this God? And a lot of the times, God will reveal that to you sooner or later. It may take a month. It may take a year. Well, sooner or later, God will reveal that to you in the case that God chooses not to reveal that to you. You've got to go back to that scripture that says you must believe and trust him in faith that even if I don't see it. Even if I never see it, I trust God and I trust his word. And let me just tell you, there's one thing that God has never, ever, ever and never will do. And that's go back on his word or go against his own word. God will fulfill every promise in the Bible. Amen. And so when you see those trials uh, and what, what will come out, of those hurts what will come out of those pains what will come out of those sufferings and maybe maybe it'll be nothing more than him drawing you closer and closer and closer to him because can i just say the more i grow in the lord the more i realize trials come and they don't stop coming you may go through one and, and you know, it's hurtful and it's painful and God grows your faith and you get closer to him. You take one more step to him and God may allow or use an even bigger trial to come and you step closer to him, walk closer with him. And if you read Paul's life, I, there's a lot of that going on and he walked closely with the Lord, amen, and me and you can too also and the abundance of their joy, amen. Can we have an abundance of joy? Well, we live in America. Uh, we have a lot to be joyful about. But the truth is, all this prosperity and all these nice homes and all this easy living, a lot of times that can be a hindrance from us being close to God because we get so comfortable we feel that we don't need God. I got a good job. I got a good family. I got a good home. Got uh, you know a little money in the bank. Uh, I'm not broke. I'm... We start to you know, drift away from God. Careful, God may allow something in your life to draw you right back to him. It is amazing to me that those in the world, that those in third world countries that have absolutely nothing, have more faith than anybody on the whole planet. They solely and completely and truly trust God with everything, even their next meal. Amen. May we, may we, Uh, live by that example that i trust god no matter what verse number three for to their power i bear record yea and beyond their power they were willing of themselves what does he mean beyond their power to give Uh, they didn't have that to give but they gave anyway This is beyond my ability to give, but I trust God. I'm going to give and I'm going to trust God. I'm going to give and I'm going to trust God. I'm going to give and I'm going to trust God. He says beyond their capability, beyond what they could do. Have you ever seen something come from a person that you know, there is no way that person could have did that on their own. There was something, a power, an outside source that helped them Get that to help them do that to help them give that to help them get there. That is God. God can enable a person. God can equip a person. God, you give and God to give to you. You give and God to give so you can give more. Now, let me just say that again. You give and God to give so you can give more. God's not gonna give so you can save up your bank account. God's not gonna give so you can drive a Mercedes. God's not gonna give so you can live in a certain neighborhood. But I tell you, when you realize that this this all this money, power, prestige actually means nothing, and that you are nothing more than a tool that God wants to use, yes, I said a tool. You are a tool, just like a craftsman. He's no better than his tools. Now, God is better than his tools because God chooses to use people. But God wants to use you. Isn't that a great and wonderful and mighty and amazing thing? All we have to do is be willing. Here am I, Lord. Send me. That's what the Bible says. Here am I, Lord. That's all you have to be. God will do the work. God will make the way. God will bring the funds. God will bring the right people in your path. God will line everything up for you. But you have to be willing. That is the key right there. You have to be willing. You need to clean your life up. Get that garbage out of your life so that you may be a clean vessel, fit for the master's use. And when you're willing, listen to me, when you're willing, God can move heaven and earth, the moon and the stars, sun and the sea to get his work done through you. Amen. Verse number four, praying us with much entreaty, that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. He says, praying us with much entreaty, that we would receive the gift. We would take the gift and we would use the gift properly. God would bless the gift. God would multiply the gift. Can I just tell you something? Let me let you know a little secret. You know the story where God fed 5,000 people and there was a little boy that had a lunch And he had some fish and some bread. He could have held on to that bread. He could have ran in the woods and hid behind a tree and ate what he had. I got mine. I got mine. I'm not hungry. But instead, he chose to give it. Jesus didn't take that boy's lunch. That boy chose to give it. To give it. And when he made the choice to give it, that's when God took it. And he broke break it and he blessed it, and he multiplied it, Instead of one little boy having lunch, thousands and thousands were fed, and there was baskets left over. But the first thing was that boy had to give it. If you don't give it, ladies and gentlemen, God's not going to take it and break it and multiply it. God is not just going to take it from you. God wants you to give it with an open heart, with the right heart, with the right means, with the right ways, with the right motives. And when you do that, God can do things that we never even thought humanly possible. Does God need our money? No, but God knows how much our heart is tied up in our money. And that's what he wants. He doesn't want our money. He wants us. But we'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, Verse number five. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Now listen to that verse again. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves. You know what God wants? God wants you. God wants you to walk and talk with him and be close with him. The Macedonians here uh, they gave above and beyond Paul's hopes. They gave more than Paul could even hope for. And you know what the Bible says about that? God loves a cheerful giver, says 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 7. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. God loves it when you give cheerfully. God loves it when you give with the right heart. And here Paul is saying that the Macedonians first, they first, they gave so much. They gave beyond what I could have thought or or dreamed of. But this is why they did that. But first, they gave their own selves. Ladies and gentlemen, when you give your own self, to God when you truly hand everything over to him everything that you have will not matter it's already God's anyways because God has your heart and that's what God wants that's what matters to him just like when i met my wife once i fell in love with her i gave her my heart everything else i have didn't that stuff's not important to me the money the the land or whatever else i have that's not important to me i gave her my heart i love her and i give her everything that i have because that stuff's not important to me but she is she's very important to me and see that's the position god wants from each and every one of us when you give god your heart and god's important to you and he's what matters to you And he's the one you want to serve. And he's the one you want to please. And he's the one you want to fellowship with. None of the things that you have will matter. You will give out of a cheerful heart. You will give because you, for the love that you have in your heart for the Lord Jesus Christ. You will give to the work of God so that the work of God can be done. Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. He does. And let me just tell you. If God loves a cheerful giver, God also blesses a cheerful giver so that cheerful giver can give more. Amen. That's how it works. Now, don't think, and I've heard this said, and I just have to say it as a side note. I've heard people say, I go to church to put money in a plate because I know I'll get more. No, Uh, no, that's not how God works. When you give it to God, you give it to God. It's his. If you get, if God sees fit to give you more, amen, give it back to him. But don't think you're just going to go to church every now and then and put some money in a plate so you can get some money back. No, sir, no, ma'am. It don't work that way. First of all, this verse is talking about you giving yourself, you giving your heart, all of you. And then it means everything that you have physically won't really matter too much to you because your heart belongs to God. God is first in your life. Amen. That's exactly what it's talking about. That's exactly what these Macedonians did. They first gave their own selves to the Lord. And when you do that, nothing else is really important because God is important to you. Verse number six, insomuch that we desired Titus that as he begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Verse 7, therefore, as ye abound in everything in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that ye abound this grace also. Abound in this grace. Therefore, abound in everything, he says. Let me just tell you, God can make things abound in your heart that are amazing. When you're sold out to the Lord, God can put a, a just an amazing amount of peace and love and harmony and mercy into your heart. Things that you cannot buy. Things that only truly God can give you. Amen. So that the work of the Lord may abound in you. Verse 8, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of of others, And to prove the sincerity of your love. Now listen to verse 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you, who have begun before you not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago." The Bible says that the Lord Jesus Christ, God, though he was rich, he had the riches in heaven. He was sitting on his throne. He had riches and power and glory. He chose to leave that, to come to a a filthy, wretched, sin-filled earth and to die on a cross to save your soul from the penalty of sin, from the fires of hell. So that you too could spend eternity with him. So that you too, your name was be written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Jesus left that. He left the right hand of the Father to come home, to come here and die on a rugged cross. To be buried and rose again the third day. So that you could repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in him. And you could have eternal life. He left the riches of heaven for you. Amen. For you. You know, this verse teaches the preexistence of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says he was rich before the foundation of the world. He always has been and he always will be. He says, I am that I am. Amen. He always has and he always will be. So that verse teaches the preexistence of the Lord. And this is true. And it, it, it certainly is this verse. It should be our greatest joy to give all that we are and all that we have and everything about us to him, to the Lord Jesus Christ. You think about that. He left the riches of heaven, the power and the possessions and the right hand of the Father to come down to a sin-filled earth to save somebody like me, somebody that doesn't deserve it, somebody who's a sinner, somebody who's... uh, done all kinds of of, of bad sinful things and the bible says if you've even thought it it's like you've done it and so since that's true and that is true we're all in that boat so if you have never ever realized that that you're a sinner be honest with yourself because you know you are and realize that you can't save yourself but if you'll put your faith and trust in Lord Jesus Christ that he died on the cross and was buried and rose again the third day he defeated death hell and the grave the Bible says your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life amen
0: Pray, you have been blessed by today's message if you have been saved or are in need of a prayer please contact us at 352-247-9200 that's 352 352- Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries Radio Broadcast Will you please pray about supporting Our ministry and broadcast You can go to CrossboundMinistry.com Or send your support or a gift To P.O. Box 7 Inverness, Florida 34451 That's P.O. Box 7 Inverness, Florida 34451 For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.